Welcome to Investors Edge powered by SNL. Today we have a distinguished guest who has left an indelible mark on the startup ecosystem. He is the founder and CEO of Consultancy Ventures, an award-winning entrepreneur and a sought-after thought leader. With a career spanning diverse sectors and accolades that include best startup supporter and entrepreneur of the year, our guest has dedicated his expertise to supporting startups and growth stage companies across the globe. He has been a venture advisor with Loyal VC a mentor and speaker at prestigious institutions and a familiar face on top tier business news channels with a commitment to bring change makers accelerate their dreams through venture capital angel investment and strategic services he has forged connections with over 450 investors and vc world funds worldwide please welcome mr tushar, tushar kansal thank you so much priyanshi it's uh... Pleasure to be talking to you today, and uh, you know this exciting world of startups and funding, and uh, everybody is so enamored with it. So you know, uh, I thank you for having me on your uh, podcast. Yes, definitely. To get started, we all want to know the story behind Consultancy Ventures and what inspired you to start this. Well, I was, uh, uh, you know, after my engineering and MBA and doing a, a executive course from Harvard Business School. I was uh, in corporates, like uh, you know, I was uh, in Deloitte and Touche uh, doing financial advisory, and I could understand that uh, what it means to earn from the balance sheet uh, side of things rather than the profit and loss side of things, and uh, and then I was uh, a part of the team at Brand Capital, which is Times of India's venture arm, uh, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be uh, you know having. Uh, taken part in investing almost 100 crores across many companies uh, then you know i moved to treasuries uh, airsel which was a large treasury and then i raised uh, 2.5 billion dollars of debt for the russian telecom company mts and lastly i was a cfo uh, of a, a company which was owned by the american private equity fund guggenheim partners so while i did all that i i thought that uh, i've done my part in the corporate finance uh, space and and then i wanted to start on my own so i did start on my own in 2014 uh, but you know that was a product company in b2b space and uh, i was coming from almost uh, 15 years of non-stop finance work and uh, and i had to do marketing there go to africa us uh, you know get the deals done on hair extensions i didn't like it much and then I said that it's a very small life. You know, if I have learned something for 15 years, why should I not be doing that? And uh, and then I uh, in 2016, I started Consultancy Ventures. And I was always very convinced about the strong economic and financial rationale of earning through the balance sheet side of things, which is by way of investments. And uh, and you know when in 2016 when i started off then there were 436 uh, startups registered with the startup india today there are there are more than 100000 wow so i was bang at the right time at the right place and uh, i kept my mind open uh, like people had no idea what is startup investing and it's only today that uh, a lot of them have seen shark tank and they can talk about investing and startups, but you know we were there when we had to explain people what a startup means. Yes. And uh, 
and i was very fortunate like uh, i did uh, almost more than 300 talks webinars and events uh, you know all those videos are on youtube and google and i was able to uh, play my part uh, today i think in the last 8 years we would have helped almost 5000 uh, startups uh, achieve their aims besides uh, providing them debt uh, consulting uh, being a virtual cfo and also providing them strategic services like mergers and acquisitions so uh, this is the whole journey of 8 years in which uh, Uh, i've uh, you know i'm fortunate enough to have dealt with the uh, early stage and growth stage companies both i see that's very impressive tushar you've had a diverse career as you said with deloitte mts india guggenheim partners and also been a founder yourself how have these different roles in industries shaped your approach to venture capital and entrepreneurship today uh, it's a very good question priyanshi priyanshi actually uh you know even in finance there are different uh, verticals like you know you talk about the buy side in which you are investing money uh, or the sell side in which you are seeking money or you are the consultant where you, where you are in the mid side so i was fortunate uh, i was a consultant in deloitte and touche i did valuations due diligence private equity assignment mergers and acquisitions and uh, i was able to you know appreciate uh, the consultant side of things which is the mid side and from then on i moved to the buy side which was the brand capital and i actually saw that what it what it means to you know invest money in some other company and what it takes uh, because uh, although you get a lot of limelight when you are on the buy side of things but the decision matters a lot so you have to be really very sure of uh, why you wanting to invest uh, so i learned it there and then i was in uh, treasuries so i learned how to manage cash uh, how to put money invest in liquid funds mutual funds fds how to do forex transactions uh, how to uh, do cash management uh, and uh, and then you know at mts uh, the company was uh, ranked 11th out of 11 telecom companies and they were not getting any debt in india and being russians they always thought that india will support them a lot so i came in and in 3 years uh, raised almost 2.5 billion dollars for them including 2600 crores from state bank of india 500 from central bank of india 1240 crores from uh, deutsche bank uh, uh, 1300 crores from ing vesha then bank of china china development bank 850 million dollars and uh, we did all those things and finally you know uh, it was my best job uh, because i learned uh, how to raise funds uh, which uh, you know even they were debt funds but they were structured deals in many cases and uh, cross border structured deals so uh, from there on moving as a cfo of a 1500 crore company which was owned by the 200 billion dollar guggenheim partners i learned what it means to report to a fund like you know how you present data how you tell them what the story is how you convince them on the returns and uh, things are beyond the financial model because there is a story on which they have invested so the stories should stay secular for them to make a return and uh, that's how you know i all through this uh, journey i was very fortunate that i i actually learned all the aspects of finance and i could see that investing is 
the real game because uh because you know uh, any other business you might do within finance you will earn a commission but you know when you are investing then all the economic forces and the government and the other stakeholders they are aligned in such a way that you'll if you do it right then you will uh, end up earning the maximum because the capital gains tax is the lowest across the world in many countries it is zero yep. and uh, also uh, this money you know uh, the valuation of companies are multiple of the action happening on the profit and loss side so if a company is growing from 50 crores to 250 crores the valuation will become exponential so naturally you know the return which you can make on the balance sheet side is is like vastly more than what you can make as a profit if you were to invest that money in a business uh, that makes sense in the profit and loss so uh, so all these factors and the fact that uh, a large number of entrepreneurs after they see success and they get a lot of money they become investors themselves because they are able to understand the game uh, and all these uh, countries with strong currencies like the us with the dollar uh, europeans with the euro japanese with the yen uh, all these currencies you know uh, they are basically most of their economy is uh, surrounded uh, uh, by services business because they are managing this money that is how they are running their economies more than 70% of the us economy is managing the dollar so so you know i could see that uh, that you know uh, why to be a part of uh, the you know the usual uh, normal founder journey why not uh, you know uh, go full on and become an investor and uh, and then play with the money become a money lender yourself oh you have been on both sides of the table you've been an investor you've been a founder there is one question we often get from startup founders on some misconceptions that they have around raising venture capital what is the right stage to do it how to use it well you have to uh, first of all uh, think uh, you know through the hat of an investor that you know the investor wants concrete things on the ground and he rather you know he understands he or she they understand the uh, the the uncertainty but end of the day they want to mitigate the risk so what investors do is uh, either you know they nowadays everybody is an angel investor a housewife a cxo a, a industrialist everybody is an angel investor so uh, what uh, i have seen successful investors do is that uh, they never short circuit the process so they will always give the documents to the analyst to so that they can get a report on to uh, you know the view of the analyst uh, and when the analyst covers it they cover all the parts like the market size and uh, you know uh, and the particular uh, a situation in which the sector is in that country and uh, you know what have the founders done till now to prove themselves and uh, all those things so uh, the second thing is that most of the investors feel comfortable in investing in a sector which they understand so you know you have a banker sitting in uh, hong kong singapore or dubai 
they will always feel that we have dealt with this particular sector so they can invest an amount uh, because each sector has its nuances and sectors go up and down and and it is very uh, dependent on the geography also so this is the second part and uh, the third thing is of course the cost of money like uh, you know debt costs you in india 9 to 12% but in the us it costs you 5 to 6% uh, and in yen it costs you maybe 2% so uh, so that is you know and hedge funds and private equity funds uh, they are allowed to take 90% leverage so by investing 10 dollars they can take 90 dollars of debt so you know when you understand cost of capital you also have to understand the cost of equity because debt is one aspect so equity is dependent on what is the returns uh, which a particular stock market is giving so us people invest in apple amazon and they expect that they will get uh, an irr internal rate of return of 35% 50% 60% that is their expectation so if you uh, do the analysis from the stock market there has there is a cost of equity so if you are sure of what is the cost of money then you know you will look for uh, places which can give you sufficient return to cover for the cost and that is where your alpha happens like you know your skill where uh, you can spot the winners you can Uh, and essentially you are betting on people so your understanding of people has to be very strong that what is the motivation of that founder why is he in this business is he just just copying it from somewhere else to get venture capital or he is he really bothered about the problem he is solving because unless he is passionate uh, you know the journey is difficult and uh, it would be very difficult for them that's very helpful to hear coming back to the other side startup founders often wonder what take what does it take to capture the attention of a vc what advice can you offer to founders on how can they make their pitches stand out so they can attract potential investors well the pitch deck uh, is essentially a journey of uh, uh, you know covering the entire aspect aspect of that business uh majorly what matters is uh, first of all what has the founder done till now and uh, you know is he on a growth path and that growth path can continue beyond the investment uh, and can grow even more so you know that is one thing the second thing is what is the founder's background like you know why people bet on iits and iims and ivy league colleges is because these people have proven themselves and they have gone ahead and uh, you know uh, taken a risk and spent money effort and time to prove themselves and uh, if they are from a good college the alumni network i mean uh, that is the biggest uh, thing and the third thing is what is the market size you know if your market size is small end of the day your turnover will not increase beyond a point so you have to understand the true you know market size has been a big issue in india because people believe that we are a 400 million middle class and uh, you know the purchasing power people have all kinds of uh, figures but the experience of e-commerce companies and uh, social commerce companies you know they have 
shown that the actual market is not so big and the actual middle class which can spend on uh, uh, luxury, luxury and high priced products is in a range of maybe 10 to 15 crores maximum out of a population of 140 crores so uh, yes so so these figures and you know uh, also uh, look at india i mean uh, the uh, economic situation is good uh, the gdp is good the inflation is controlled the interest rates are not very high but uh, in the end of the day uh, you know uh, the uh, inflation is still there it is not really very low so the savings of the pe people right now is low we are at a 30 year low in terms of family savings so people are taking debt for consumption so that is increasing leverage now this is going to reflect in the business of uh, consumerist companies the brands so you have to really understand all these factors put it in a pitch deck in terms of problem statement solution uh, team 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 uh, you know it has to be a healthy mix then the market size some details about the product uh, then the five year projections and uh, you know covering uh, also uh, any com competition you have the competitors and how you are different or better and uh, uh, lastly the amount of fund you want to raise and how will you deploy the fund so and uh, basically all these things uh, even the go to market that also forms a part of the pitch deck that's very insightful tushar one thing that you brought up is uh, debt being used for consumption from a founder's point of view what advice would you like to give them in terms of debt versus equity and how should they be using both type of investments in their uh, you know expenses well in india uh, the uh, you know the, the way banking works uh, the banks always look for a, a, a cover in terms of real estate as a collateral or uh, some fd as a collateral or some uh, stock market investments as a collateral because you know they understand that when a startup founder is taking debt then it's the maximum risk so uh, and you know it's not like the risk return scenario is very favorable for the bank end of the day if the company goes down uh, he loses the entire principle but if the company goes up he earns only 10 to 12 percent interest but you know an equity investor if the company grows he earns 50 percent uh, irr 35 percent irr so so the banks in today's scenario uh, they are uh, lending to startups uh, but you know they are uh, innovating on the way they can recover the money so you know revenue based financing has come in for example where uh, you know it's entirely unsecured lending they lend you a percentage of the revenue but you know when it comes to uh, getting back the uh, money then they will put a escrow on the payment gateway so that their interest and principal comes first I so see. so you know like uh, they are trying to uh, capture the cash flows uh, of the uh, startup and uh, so you know those innovations are there and uh, uh, in what happens is a founder does not have real estate because typically they are young people uh, and you know if they ask their parents for their real estate you know naturally the risk part does not cover for the parents so that is why you know that particular debt conundrum is there in uh, conundrum is there in india 
बट यू नो वेन यू टॉक अबाउट यूएस इफ यू लुक एट वाई कॉम्बिनेटर देन वॉट दे डू इज दे गिव यू अर्म शीट इनिशियली एंड दे गिव यू टर्म शीट विच इज विच हैज कन्वर्टेबल्स सो इफ यू रिटर्न देअर मनी विद इन वन ईयर देन देर इज एन ऑप्शन दैट यू कैन ट्रीट दैट मनी फ्रॉम वाई कॉम्बिनेटर एज अ डेट and pay back with interest within one I year see. yeah I so see. companies you know they have an incentive that they you know do great in the first year and return the money to y combinator with interest so those kind of structures are there uh, is of course governed by the availability of cheap money which is definitely i think 10 times more in us than as compared to india Hundred percent. I think even I have heard about collaterals being replaced by contracts in B two B scenarios for debt, and that's the same thing. They're bringing up innovative ways to finance while keeping their risk at check. So right. you also mentioned something about a strong network, which comes automatically with prestigious institutions that you have proven in past. What strategies would you recommend to entrepreneurs to connect with potential investors and partners and build the strong network effectively? See, you know, when it comes to uh, people who surround institutions which have money, like you know, typically you will see people sometimes the wrong kind of people. So you know, they they just want to uh, you know do a setting or you know uh, get the money by giving some commissions or stuff like that. so you as a founder you have to be seen and you have to do a person who is genuinely interested in doing a startup and uh, you know so so write blogs on medium.com you do some podcast uh, you you know uh, if you are passionate about solving a particular problem you write it about it on social media you ask for the views of other people Uh, be interactive engage the entire community which is interested in uh, that that particular area so you will be seen as a person who's fundamentally sound and who's genuinely interested in uh, solving that particular problem so money will chase you instead of you chasing the money secondly you know uh, some people are introverted so you know end of the day it is good if you can go to events exchange visiting cards and uh, you know uh, talk to the speakers who are out there and uh, personally go and meet them there are a lot of people uh, who want to help others uh, and uh, you know uh, many times people are looking for mentoring assignments and you know that particular nowadays it is a trend to be mentoring against some benefit so maybe you can uh, shell out a small equity for the mentor and uh, all those uh, things are there but you know my advice to founder one uh, critical advice is do have a google presence you know you 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 should have a good website uh, maybe your blog should be showing on google um, and then you know you your youtube presence should also be there uh, and uh, you know anybody who searches your name uh, you know there has to be something in the first 10 results which shows what you are and what you are doing in life so you have Makes to uh, leave your comfort zones you have to move out and uh, establish uh, a sense in the market as to what you are and what you want to do i see coming back to consultancy ventures 
your venture offers a number of services to startups. Can you tell us what specific ways your firm helps early stage companies and what sets you apart from other VC firms? Well, uh, we are a network of uh, almost 500 uh, VC funds and family offices. Uh, apart from that, we have a tie up with a huge number of uh, financial institutions and banks and NBFCs. And so we cover all kinds of debt. And uh, uh, we are also partners with angel networks, uh, including the top 10 ones. Uh, on the uh, strategic side, we provide consulting services, virtual CFO services, and also uh, mergers and acquisitions. So what happens is that many startups, uh, if they are constricted in finding the right amount of capital at the right time, they look for uh, some strategic play. So we have a good bandwidth uh, and know-how in those areas as well. And uh, we are venture advisors with Loyal VC, which is a Canadian venture capital fund and have invested in more than 300 companies across 60 countries. Uh, we have also won four awards uh, in our eight year journey, including as the best startup supporter from the hands of Dr. Kiran Bedi for our work in the STEM field. Uh, also, I have done more than 300 talks and events there on Google and YouTube, and I've been featured in uh, a Har startup channel, which is on Tata Play. I've done uh, Business Ki Patshala, which are nine episodes, and my life story was featured as The Hustler uh, in Har startup channel. So, uh, you know, all these activities, they have uh, been part of uh, my own journey and uh, and we helped uh, the uh, founders uh, create their own journey as well. Can you share some insights into the due diligence process that your venture follows when you're considering any investment opportunity? Like what key factors do you evaluate in startups that they should be mindful of? See, uh, the due diligence happens in four areas. One is the founder background. So there will be calls made to people uh, in the city the founder belongs to uh, and just to collaborate, uh, corroborate uh, the journey which the founder has told us and whether it matches with the real situation. Uh, because, you know, we don't want founders who are de facto not uh, truthful in the way they have represented the, uh, themselves. Secondly, we do a compliance check, which means whether the company formation, uh, the shares and the capital table uh, is, uh, you know, as per what the founders have given us. Uh, so this means uh, checking with the uh, uh, registrar of companies. And, uh, you know, a third is the accounting side of things where we uh, check with the accountant and we do a due, due diligence on the books of the company, whether the financial picture, which the investor the founder has told us is correct or not and fourth which is most neglected in many cases is uh, technology due diligence so basically whether the technology which you know everybody wants right we are ai we are ai we are generative ai we are conversational ai so what is the ai right i mean we have found that uh, the most genuine technology companies come out of bangalore and hyderabad uh, although it's not a rule but we have uh, seen that and including from places like T-Hub in uh, Hyderabad and uh, IITs. Uh, so we do these uh, due diligence and uh, what happens is that uh, many times the longest due diligence happens to be on the technology side. 
because we really want to understand uh, if there is uh, intellectual property which uh, the technology is creating because end of the day uh, if ip is there then we have a fallback option like in case nothing goes well we can sell the ip we can build that clause in our uh, shareholders agreement and uh, if, and if things go well the the company can collateralize the ip and get cheap money from the government in any country what trends or emerging markets are you particularly excited about in the world of startups uh, good question priyanshi uh, so we are uh, looking at companies which are uh, uh, rightly placed to capture the unique trends in uh, each country for example in case it is artificial intelligence then uh, you know a consumer facing companies more likely to benefit from data crunching and uh, providing uh, 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 you know relevant uh, data to the customers and uh, in case it is a company in robotics then you know of course india we have such a huge population and unemployment as compared to china which also has a huge unemployment so naturally uh, the robo company will get better traction in uh, countries which are utilizing the uh, the machine robots uh, for manufacturing for example and thirdly uh, if it is a fintech company then uh, then you know uh, that country's regulators should be uh, allowing a lot of uh, space for the fintechs to compete with the banks for example just today slice which is a fintech company which was in a bad situation the reserve bank of india allowed slice to buy a bank in the northeast so it is a big event because this shows that the government is the the reserve bank in india is fine for strong uh, balance sheet fintech companies to buy out traditional loss making banks so naturally this kind of uh even like in the case of lending tech uh, in india the rbi has come out with the rules which say that uh, the uh, lending platforms can utilize the balance sheet of non banking finance companies provided they put up 5% of the lending amount as fldg with the nbfcs so this set a clear precedent for us to invest in lending tech companies uh then you know um, you have other areas like edtech uh, which is not doing well uh, because uh, people have moved from online uh, in a large way back to offline uh, and then you have uh, a host of other sectors uh, like agritech uh, so you know again that is really dependent on the kind of subsidies which the governments are able to provide because almost 800 billion dollars worth of subsidies are provided by the us government alone to their farmers now if any country has to uh, compete with the us farmer they have to get uh, help from their government because uh, without that their cost of production will not uh, be able to match up with the us so all these factors you know their economy is tightly interlinked with finance and so we have to understand the whole uh, uh, narrative the whole story of the founder and uh, you know match it with the fact that how much risk protection is there for example if the product has been made and uh, mvp minimum viable product has been made 
and a PMF has been achieved, product market fit. It means that there is a buyer for that particular product. So it makes sense to invest at that particular time because that money will go in marketing and the revenue will increase and the valuation will increase. So all these uh, things, you know, they, uh, they, uh, so they help us uh, identify the right investment. That makes sense. Last question, as a thought leader and influencer in this space for so long, what is the key message or insights you would like to share with the next generation of founders listening to this podcast? Well, I want to say that uh, keep your mind open, uh, keep your hearts open. Uh, you have to collaborate with a lot of people. Uh, in India, the mentality is I will create a 10 crore company but I will keep 100% of equity with me. But uh, in the US, the mentality is I will create a trillion dollar company, but I will have 15% of it. So, so you have to keep your heart and minds open. You have to collaborate with the stakeholders in the ecosystem. Uh, you have to, uh, there is no, uh, you know, there is no hard and fast rule that you have to do entrepreneurship. If it suits you, you do a job. Uh, you know, in the senior level in the companies, the job is also like an entrepreneur because they have to make business decisions like an entrepreneur. So maybe at a future point in time, you'll be better placed to identify a unique problem and a unique solution and you'll be better placed to do entrepreneurship. So, uh, so you know, do, do entrepreneurship uh, only if you are, you have the conviction and uh, because the journey is not easy and uh, you never forget that, uh, you know, the whole ecosystem has a lot of uh, uh, agencies and parties which will help you. Like, you know, we help with uh, mentoring, we help with debt, equity. So, you know, uh, there are a lot of agencies which will help you out. So don't uh, hesitate in taking help, uh, you know. Uh, so uh, that is my... Uh, basic uh, message to all the uh, people who want to do entrepreneurship. Thank you so much, Tushar. This has been an absolute delight.